It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to talk sports. It's time for the show. When you hear this song on the radio. Radio, starting now. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 194 of Let Me Get That Potograph, and, uh, well, Let Me Get That Potograph, I don't know, version 3.0, 4.0, whatever you want to call it, coming to you with some video this week, starting our videos out as well. My name, of course, is Drew, or the DH, and joining me, my awesome co-host, right over there, Mr. Scott Rappaport. What's up, dude? Uh, what's going on, Drew? It's uh, it's going to be a weird one today. It is. Um, first time we are releasing video for the show. Um, yeah. So we're going we're gonna to see how this goes, and, and we'll take it from there, and, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll kind of roll. But a uh, couple things that I want to point out, because sure. some really cool things have happened, and especially now that we can do video. Yes. So. Last week, we talked about, it was all about the National, we talked about um, our awesome sponsor, Zion Cases, mm-hmm. and they, you know, the release of the Mag Pro at the National and how yeah. they're going to be available. Oh, so, yeah. I figured, hey, we're live, and look, this is going to be a sponsor-heavy show today. Uh, we got John from Denver Shows coming up, and, yeah. uh, you know, he's going to talk about some things. But let me let me turn the lights on here really quick here, because I, I tested this out before you got in the room. And uh, there we go. I'm going to turn it down a little bit. So I just wanted to show off, like, we can actually do this. And there's some glare. I'm trying to get around it there. But, like, look how, how awesome it is. clear yeah. this stuff is. And I'm going yeah. to come back. To, I'm going to come back to that one in a minute because I want to preface this. But, like, the sparkly, shiny stuff. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It, it comes through awesome. The, you know, you could yeah. you no, that they're, one. They're and then, I see a lot of nice national pools in there. Oh, that courtside looks beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. the green green court side. Of course, my boy Robert Covington. Um, <laughs> but what I what I really wanted to do because I we saw the Horner, but I also have this is a good example. So I've got the Louis Robert Gold and a standard Ultra Pro. Yeah, and you can I mean you can see the difference in oh, yeah. in Big how time. those how those shine through, you know, aside Big from the glare and things like that. Let me center that. So. Absolutely. No, those yeah. things are gorgeous, man. I mean, that, yep. like we said before, Clinton's Island Case is putting out something huge with the mag with the uh, new Mag Pros. They're exactly, and then gorgeous. you know, then obviously here's the you know the changeable flip that you can put out. Um, you know, it's got the one that's got a spot you can write in a price or put a price tag on it. Uh, yeah. You know, things like that, and it's it's just an awesome, awesome product. 
because I, you know, you guys get to see my armpit there for a second while I turn the lights back on. There you go. But that, you know, I kind of wanted to show that off because it, like I'm, I'm like in love with the product <laughs> and, and frankly, even if, they, even if they weren't a sponsor of ours, I'd still be in love with the product. No, 1000%. I, I yeah. completely agree with you on that. Uh, whether they're a sponsor or not, I've known Clint for his entire time since before Zion cases came out when he showed yep. me the mock-ups for these a long time ago, almost a year ago. I was like, oh man, these are, these are going to be awesome. These are going to change the game. Let's dive right into this week's show, man. We got a lot of awesome stuff. As you said, John from Denver card shows will be joining us a little bit later. You guys don't remember a few months ago, he came on with a really, uh, interesting story so to speak and we've got some updates on that and a lot of really other cool stuff coming from him so he'll be joining us a little bit later but scott i mean where the hell else can we start i mean it's not like anything happened in the hobby this week no nothing nothing <laughs> nothing in the hobby you know nothing. it's funny the like an hour after yes we recorded last week's episode fucking ridiculous dude i got a message from a friend of ours that had the screenshot of the Wall Panini. Street Journal article. Yeah. Wall Street Journal article. Panini filing a lawsuit against Fanatics. And they are claiming all sorts of things, you know, in the lawsuit. Um, oops, um, They're basically claiming a monopoly. Yeah. They're, They're saying Fanatics yeah. stopped, halt, tried to halt them from printing um, cards and, and try yeah. and cut off their resources, uh, um, among many other things. Yeah. Claiming, you know, that the contracting process that the leagues put out there was yeah. not fair because the you know, they weren't put out to bid, mm -hmm. um, which I find funny. Exactly. Now, another interesting one they put out there was that they are claiming that they that fanatics threatened employees that if they did not come to work for them now, uh, yeah. and this all rolled out at the mid collective, that they would never work in the industry again. Yes. Yeah. And that one. So see, that's the thing. So the whole non bid contract thing. Mm -hmm. that one's kind of iffy well yeah because panini uh, let, let's make it clear panini didn't bid to get those licenses when no. they got them they bought and, and when they got contenders they literally bought out playoff i mean yep. it, it, they, they didn't bid on the stuff that they got so that part of the lawsuit just i find funny how they they automatically yep. say oh well now we need bids because we're in the running but when we got them no 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 we'll, we'll just buy them no you exactly know? now when it comes to private corporations, and I, yeah. I will preface this, I reached out to my buddy Eli, who is a mm -hmm. uh, mergers and acquisitions attorney, also specializes in intellectual property. Uh, I did not hear back from him in time for us to do the show, but I wanted to have him on to talk about this from a legal standpoint sure. because he would have been the perfect guy to do it. But if it's a public agency, government agencies, when it comes to contracts over a certain dollar amount, and I believe it's $25,000 in most cases, yeah. they are required by law to put them out to bid for these contracts. Right. However, we all know that the leagues and the players associations are not public corporations. Yeah. So they don't necessarily need to do that. No. But the leagues also enjoy a certain exemption from antitrust legislation. Yeah. That the government has bestowed on them. Yeah. And with that comes some additional, mm -hmm. you know, things that they may have to do. So it's, it's yeah. that one. I'm not holding my breath on from Panini's standpoint, but the one that is interesting, and if they can prove it, if Fanatics, the one, and this is the one that I think has the greatest chance of success mm -hmm. from Panini's standpoint, if they have the proof that it's true, 
And that is the, you know, employees being threatened that if you don't come to work for us now, that you will never work in this industry again. Well, it's interesting because that that part is kind of in Fanatic's countersuit, which, my God, I want to dive into because this was just a this was a straight up power move if I've ever seen yep. one by Michael Rubin. And it's just so funny. But in the countersuit, it alleges that Panini brought suits against at will former employees without uh, incomplete restrictions who took jobs at fanatics at the mint and that it threatened to do the same to others. And that fanatics consented to a contemporary injunction barring seven former Panini employees from recruiting others away or using confidential information. And I can tell you, I know a lot of people that moved over to fanatics from Panini and I have heard from one of them, that 1,000% that happened. And so it's very odd that Panini would put that in their counter, in their suit, saying the stuff about employees when fanatics can come right back with a counter suit and say, well, look what we even had to do with these employees that we did take at the Mint. Like it, That's yeah. an interesting one to me, and it makes me wonder how much weight does that aspect of the Panini part of the lawsuit hold weight because – when Panini put it out, I thought, okay, wow, you know, th- this is nice. Maybe there's some type of case here. Then when Fanatics puts out their response to everything and a lot more other stuff, I don't know. I, I this is tough. This is gonna be a tough one for Panini. Very tough. And I yeah. think they knew that, but I think they had to do it. I mean, they had to do this. It, I'm trying to. They're getting yeah. gutted. It, right, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to wrap my heads around this. Well, there was a very interesting one in, in Fanatics's countersuit, though. Because we all look, we all know Fanatics was trying to buy Panini, you know, and yeah. has been for the last couple of years. They want the intellectual property. They want the licenses early. And it makes sense because the current licenses that they would be able to produce cards under are more profitable for the card manufacturer than the yeah. new licenses. 100%. But one of the things that was in that, in this countersuit, though, against Panini was, and I'm quoting from, uh, you know, an ESPN article here, they gave numbers that were inflated by $200 million a year on profits. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And if that's, and if that's the thing, if they, you know, now that look, no deal was ever consummated, they didn't buy the company, but if they, if they had bought the company and, you know, paid a price based on, you know, cooking the books by $200 million, that is, I mean, there's fraud written all over that. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, some accountant is going to wind up getting, you know, thrown in prison for that. No, I really want to see, this is what I said when I first saw the Panini suit. And then it's immediately when I saw the counter suit, the first thing I said, God, I hope one of these makes it to discovery, just get the discovery because that's when, look, we've got these that we're talking about now. It's going to be quiet from here on out for a while. It's you're not going to have massive amounts of breaking news. I don't think from this lawsuit at beyond these initial suits, unless we hit discovery. And if we hit discovery, I really don't think now whether 200 million, that can easily be a made up number whatever, you know, we have no idea, but I have a feeling, even if it's not 200 million, even if that part of it isn't, let's say that doesn't even matter. And that's complete BS. I still don't think, panini or tops slash fanatics wants either of these to go to discovery 
No, of course not. And, <laughs> you know, even if it even if it's 50 million instead of 200 yeah. million, you got to keep in mind yeah. that they're talking about per year. Yeah. And when it comes to valuation of a company uh, from a sales standpoint, yeah, they typically take the annual profit mm-hmm. and apply a multiplier to it based on, you know, conditions that are known yeah. at the time. And obviously the, the case with this is they're known for, you know, two more years in one or uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Two more seasons in one sport, three more seasons in another. So you've got to put a two to, you know, three times multiplier on that number. So if it's 200 million, you're really talking about between 400 and 600 million Mm -hmm. worth of money. That's going to be out of pocket. Exactly. But if it's 50 million, you're still talking about an additional, you know, 150 to $200 million a year that fanatics would have to put out in order to, acquire the company. So yeah. that's the part that, that's really going to be interesting. And I, I honestly think this is, so both, both companies have an interest in settling this quickly. Both mm-hmm. companies also, if they can't settle it quickly, well, let me rephrase that fanatics, if they can't settle it has an interest in getting this to discovery and getting it through trial quickly. Panini on the other hand has an incentive to drag things out you know, yeah. as long as they, as yeah. long as they can. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I don't think this is going to wind up settling. No, no. And, I and I honestly, I think fanatics is still going to wind up coming out on top in this only because they've got deeper pockets. <laughs> oh yeah. They've got the deeper pockets, but my, I mean, let's take a look at some of the stuff that fanatics said in their counter suit real quick, because they went, they went in hard. And this is why I don't think there's a settlement. Um, I know a lot of employees at Panini, one of them, not Tracy. I want to make this clear. One of them at the national did tell me that something like this was coming. They said their big news would be post national, but it would make the news and boy, were they right. With their yeah. initial, you know, lawsuit. So this uh, obviously has been in the works for quite some time, and they strategically planned this after the national. But fanatics, when they came back at it, they really came at Panini very hard. And I think I know the higher ups in Panini are taking this personal. I think any deal is one thousand percent off the table. But this fanatics lawsuit or this fanatics countersuit, they dive in and show the just gross negligence at Panini, everything that we've covered, all the, the fake patches, the Mitchell and Nesses being in game used jerseys. Like yep. there is so much stuff that they went into detail, but these comments right here is where uh, it really gets me. They call Panini the stagnant long time incumbent that has become complacent and failed to invest in marketing or innovation instead funneling profits to its owners in Italy. And that choice yielded a track record of dismal customer service, quality control issues, shoddy product offerings, vast numbers of outstanding redemption cards, and missed opportunities to grow revenue. I mean, my God, that is just a bitch slap in the face. They're not wrong. No. (laughs) They're They're not not wrong. They're not wrong. Um, there's, There's nothing in that. There's nothing in that statement that is no. that is wrong. Look, their no. customer service, while granted it is getting better, yeah. for years has been abysmal. Yes. Everybody knows about the outstanding, you know, the issue with the outstanding redemptions. 
Well, just the entire redemption process in general and how they're starting to handle it now is a complete and total joke. Yeah. Opportunities for innovation. That's one mm-hmm. of those that's like, eh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not. <sighs> they took their that's... shots. They made new products. Yeah. They put stuff out. They were not. Now, I will agree there's some stuff like not changing the design of, you know, Don Russ outside of a new uh, zigzag here and there for a decade. That's yeah. a little frustrating. But the same can be said with, I don't know, Bowman, anything else. But I think that's almost done on purpose with a product, especially like a high-end yeah. one like National Treasures, for example. You want them or, to kind of have or that Or if you look at Prism. Theory. Yeah. You know, Prism really hasn't changed since 2015. 15? No, not yeah. 2015. 2015 was, a, was the older design. But twenty was it maybe 2016, 2017? Yeah, that, when they yeah. started incorporating a crowd background, started taking yeah. away from the full-on sheen background. Yeah, right. Prism really hasn't changed no. that much yeah. since then. So you know, but then and then of course you know, in order to produce more products, they have to produce more parallels and you yeah. know things like that. And look, we've yeah. complained about that for you know for the a cops long time. are doing the same thing. Exactly. This wasn't. This isn't a Panini-specific problem. I would almost argue that the the entity that Fanatics bought had the exact same problems that they're talking about. Now, are they trying to change it? Yes. And are they doing a good job? From what I've seen so far, yes. But I mean, let's be honest here. The stuff that they just jumped down Panini's throat about, they were just as bad when they weren't under the Fanatics name, and they're not perfect now. No. You know, look at the number of parallels that have been added to, you know, Topps, Topps Chrome, uh, you know, Bowman products and things like that. It's it's ridiculous. But if you talk about innovation, they're really not doing much innovating as far as, you know, cool things. I mean, but at the same time, how much can you really innovate? Right. You know, changing a design on a product, you know, like they do, like they do with the tops flagship products and then it bleeds over into Chrome and things like that. It really, that's not innovation. No, that's that's just gradual change. Yeah. Yeah. I remember upper deck, you know, maybe like a decade ago, put out cards that had little video screens embedded in it. Yeah. Panini tried it, but then they sent the ones out that didn't even have the video inside. (laughs) Right. Okay. The HRX. That's innovation. Yes. Yeah. That would be something innovative. Now, but Which you really could argue hasn't... they did. I mean, they tried the blockchain stuff. They tried. They did try a lot of different things that would be considered innovative. I think their NFT system, actually, as someone who was involved in it early and then moved a little out of it, it is still very active. I mean, I mean, they did do the innovation. It worked out a hell of a lot better than Topps did. Tell you that much. No, that, and, that's true. But at the same time, and they're still putting out, you know, NFT related products, but it's, I, I liked it better. Their first go around with NFTs where it came with the physical card. Well, they're making more and more of those now. There's, there's yeah. a lot more now that are coming out, but I'm just saying when it comes to innovation, what else can you do besides, okay, NFTs are hot. All right, let's try and merge something like that with it. I mean, what else could you really do? I mean, I don't know if that's really, but I don't know if I'd call that innovative. I would call that bandwagon. Yeah, you know, but you're creating a new asset and a brand. You're creating a new asset for your company. So I, in terms of innovation, I don't really know what you could do outside of trying new products, bringing yeah. old products back with a new twist to it, which they did with a lot of their intellectual property they were about to lose. They put it in something called Chronicles, and now they get to keep it. 
Zenith, yeah. Zenith, lots of other stuff down the line. Um, but I mean, I, I do think they were innovative. So I don't know that that part of it was really weird. But I mean, they Panini attacking him for the monopoly. It, everyone said the word and everyone thought it was yep. going to come. But like I said, I think this is something that they, they had to do just no matter what they had to do it. Now, I, I don't know if they think they can win this at all, but I think they felt like they had to do it. They had to at least try. They had to see what they could do. They had to go for it. I don't think they expected this response from Fanatics at all. No, I don't think so. I don't. Think I think so they at all. thought this would help possibly sway some toward, sort of negotiation. Maybe there was still negotiation for the company on the table or anything like that. From the looks of it now, it looks like Fanatics wants nothing to do with this company anymore, and they just no. And what I what them. I think uh, what I think is going to happen now. I think that by filing the lawsuit, I think Panini has you know kind of shot itself in the foot as far as any chance of selling the company to Fanatics. Yes. What I still outside think is of a pennies for a, outside of pennies for the dollar, like just getting destroyed. No, yeah. exactly. The only. You know, they're saving grace right now is they still hold licenses for, you know, some of the soccer leagues, but they're going to have to produce an insane amount of product in order to maintain, you know, their intellectual property for a lot of these products. Now, yes. look, they can put out Prism, Select, um, mm-hmm. you know, Donruss, Optic. Optic, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever they want in, in smaller quantities, and they could do it with Chronicles and things like that. But they're also, what are they going to do with National Treasures and Flawless? Right. And and don't get me wrong, I think I think flawless and national treasures for certain leagues. If they did like a flawless Premier League, oh, uh, be I'd be all over. I would but be I all don't over. Think that. You could do like Bundesliga and stuff like that. I think you'd have to. Well, they don't have they don't have Bundesliga. Oh yeah, it's Pops true. Has, yeah, they don't. Yeah, has it, yeah, but no, for Premier League, I agree. And you know, World Cup type of stuff, I agree. You know, but again, that's a tiny portion of the revenue. A lot of niche to, markets. You're throwing yourself into upper deck territory, and we've seen where they're at. You know, I mean, yeah. the name still carries a lot of weight with a lot of collectors, but not modern. It's all the old school stuff that yeah. anyone thinks about when they think about upper deck. If you're not a diehard hockey collector, and so that's what I mean. That's really where Panini's headed into a niche market type of company, unless this lawsuit and something with it. I mean, do you think that if, if anything, do you think this lawsuit possibly opens the door for non-exclusives? I mean, is that chance on the line that, okay, maybe nothing happens with the companies, but maybe people start to take a look at these exclusives and say, well, maybe they shouldn't be allowed to have these. Maybe they need to have two or three and limit the amount of products, limit what they can produce. You know, do you you think that that's something that could possibly come from this? Well, that's a, that's a good question. So let's say we get to 2026 and fanatics now has the licenses for the three largest sports in the United States. Yeah. We're not going to include, look, hockey is a very niche market. It's a great market. It's awesome. And upper deck does a great job with it. Uh, but look, the money in the hobby is really, at least in the United States, is really with baseball, basketball, and football. Yes. Yes. And having a monopoly, but we can look at, you can't really compare because the government, look, government has always come in and broken up monopolies. Mm-hmm. You know, they did it with AT&T back in the 80s. You know, remember old, you know, the old Ma Bell stuff. They, um, you know, they're, they're looking at doing it with like Google and, you know, and yeah. things like that now. But you also got to, com- you can't really compare fanatics 
to that because all the things that the government has broken up have really been considered public services. Yes. The collectibles market is not a public service. Right. You know, so that's borderline. I don't, I don't think they ever wind up getting broken up Sure. because it, it really doesn't, it doesn't matter. No, I, I, I don't, I don't think it happens either, but it, I've seen a lot of discussion about it and I've seen a lot of people talk about the exclusives with this coming out. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily see anyone being forced to do it. I think eventually the leagues might decide they like a certain league might decide they want to go away from an exclusive once they're not happy with something. I think that's much more likely. I could see, I don't really see major league baseball doing it. It's not really their style, but I could easily see basketball doing it. I could see basketball move away from exclusives or the players association, anything like that. I could easily see them being the ones to say, and no, let's go because they seem to adopt and change a little bit more than the other leagues do when it comes to stuff on that type of a level. They'd like to experiment and then just backpedal if it doesn't work. So if we see it happen, I think it's going to be the leagues making that choice on their own. And if it does, you know, I it would be basketball to me. But I, I don't think we're going to see it. But it is something interesting to think about. Because exclusives are going to play a major part in all this. If this stuff goes forward, these exclusives, let's be honest, that's what's driving all of this. No, exactly. And look, these are long-term contracts that Fanatics signed with the leagues and the players' associations. So even if they do decide, hey, something's not working, we want to go back to non-exclusive and have, you know, two or three different, you know, licenses that are out there. Yeah. uh, It's not going to happen for a, at least 10 years oh yeah a- absolutely yes so you know that's one of those things and frankly i think the leagues should reevaluate every five years I agree. um you know and give give it a chance to say hey there's a renewal after five years if mm-hmm. we or you know it's a you know it's a five-year contract with a five-year option yeah you know we call it a league option and we have to exercise that option you know, it's at the beat before the fourth year or oh, sorry, before the fifth year of the contract uh, begins. Well, I think as players and as the leagues and the players associations and everyone really gets more involved in the industry, because let's be honest, they're more involved now than they ever have been before. And yeah. it's just if you go by fanatics and what everyone else is saying, they're going to get even more involved in the future. I think that's something they're going to start paying attention to. Honestly, I think five years ago, no one gave a shit. Now, I think a lot of people are paying attention to this because they're saying, okay, wow, we don't even have to buy the stuff. We don't even have to participate, but we can make a lot of money off of this. And so, I, I don't know. I We might see that start to change here in the near future. But I agree. Every five years, it needs to be reevaluated and it yeah. needs to be looked at. But unfortunately, there's deals in place right now that are preventing that from happening. No, exactly. Now, I do want to bring up, because uh, we got John from Denver Card Shows coming up here in a minute. Um, I do want to bring up innovation again, because I was okay. thinking about like, how can we innovate a product? Uh, you know what I'd love to see? Well, I would love to open I, up. I'm a... scared to ask, but what? <clears throat> no, this is actually, this would actually be cool. Oh, okay. I would love to see, to like open up a box of, let's say, Topps Chrome. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to talk about that later in the show. Yeah. And pull a redemption for a game used autographed baseball. No, I would. Yeah, there you go. From one of the rookies, you know, that, yeah. that's in there. You know, a rookie year they game, game ball or something. Yeah. If I was opening football, you know, they, 
you know, you can have a not maybe not game used because there are fewer of them than baseballs, but pull a redemption for an autographed football from like Joe Burrow. How yeah. cool would that be? And and they would have those ready to go and ready to ship, so it wouldn't be a you know a long turnaround time. But I think that would be some, that would be innovative. No, it would, especially from your athletes that are you know Panini exclusive, Tops yeah. exclusive, the guys you have access to, and the guys that are signing a million yep. things for you anyway, and that you have in your store already. Yeah. So why not? I, I I think that yes, in terms of innovation, that's that's a prime example of something you could do. Yeah. Yeah. I like so. It. So we'll see how everything plays out over the next, I don't know, year, two, three years <laughs> as, as these yeah. things, you know, as it either gets settled quickly or it drags through court. But you're right. I am. I'm excited to see Discovery on this because oh, I want please, to see, please you know, hit Discovery, please. I, I want to see what what else. So, if, you know, if the attorneys for both sides are listening, please, we want to see Discovery. Yeah, we that, want to see this go out. Even if you plan on settling it still go through yeah, the Discovery process discovery. just to just to satisfy us. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can see exactly what's going on behind the scenes. Because that's hours of content. Please get to discovery. <laughs> yeah, we can we can unpack that for a while, and we can we we can continue unpacking that uh, now. But yes. we got a really cool guest that is sitting in our green room right now. A uh, guy who I spent a bunch of time with at the national uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. A guy's been a guest on our show. A guy who's a sponsor of our show yes. and who has an amazing business an amazing, you know, it's just an all around great guy. Mm-hmm. So let's bring John into the room. Absolutely. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mr. Scanlon, what's going on? Fellas, how are you? We are doing We are doing great on our end. How was your trip back? How's your trip back to Denver? Uh, finally made it, and it was great to sleep in our own bed, you know. And but I had a blast out in Chicago. Holy crap! Nice. Uh, had you ever just you know before we get into the memes? Had you been to Chicago before? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I set up the last time. The last time mm-hmm. the show was in Chicago was my first time setting up with a booth. Okay, um, but I mean, even like even like vacations and just random trips. Yep. Sure have. I lived okay. in Des Moines for a while, so Chicago was like the big city that was cool and close. Yep. Yeah, it's either there or Minneapolis, and uh, you know, Chicago's a little cooler. Yeah, Chicago's <laughs> definitely a little cooler than Minneapolis, except in the winter. Minneapolis is cooler yeah. than Chicago. Um, so we were talking at the National, yep. and you know, part of the reason we want to have you back on, you had mentioned something to me, and I know you talked to Drew about it before. About so we had you on a couple months ago. Drew, do you remember the episode number so people can go back and listen? 
since we're live or well, you know, on video, no, but no, we'll find that episode out. <laughs> All right. So go, yeah, go back and go back and look for that episode after this is done. Uh, you're on talking about your experience about how you got taken by a scam artist and some fake PSA slabs and how, yep. you know, it gave you a bad feeling and you reached out to Joe Orlando and Joe told you to basically go pound sand. And now we come to where you're telling me what happened afterwards while we were at the national. So I will let you jump in and, you know, give us the update. Yeah, it's been a lot a lot of positives have come out of that episode. Um, we're working really closely now to hopefully having PSA come out and do our show next summer when we have our big show. Um, and that's going to be huge for what we do. Um, we're going to have to take a good look if PSA comes, if we're actually in a building suitable for the for the show at that size, you know. Um, so it's nothing's confirmed, but we're in talks right now to have that happen next summer. And again, that would be huge. Um, PSA came out and took a look at the show in July or at the end of June. Um, so hopefully they liked what they saw and we'll start building that relationship. Um, it was interesting because um, we had talked with Chris Carlin and he said that he heard the interview on the show and I was <laughs> taken back a little because you're like, do you do a podcast about PSA? And, you know, I was like trying to get them to the show. And I was like, well, I did a podcast about, you know, being ripped off by someone selling fake PSAs, you know, and he's <laughs> like, you know, listen, we're a much different, com we're a much different company now. We don't want people to have that experience with us. You know, we've cleaned up a lot in our company and, you know, just know that we're not the same and we're doing everything that we can to, make sure that we don't leave any customers walking away from PSA feeling like you did. Um, he went on to tell me he had everybody listen to the podcast at PSA. Um, so that was super cool. Um, I, it's very humbling for me. You know, I just a card guy that started a show and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make a difference out here and it's reaching places that I never thought it could. So, and especially when I was shut down at those places early on. So, um, hats off to what they're doing at PSA. They're turning, I guess, a new leaf. It's been quite a while since ownership's changed, but they're really taking care of the people now, and I'm very encouraged by that. Well, you now, know, Chris Carlin in particular, you know, Chris is a very good friend of the show, uh, formerly with Upper Deck, now, now over there at PSA, heading up their customer service and their customer experience. Um, I believe is his actual role. Chris is a wonderful guy and um, they, they really yeah. have taken a lot of really big steps, but it's, it's nice to know that, you know, they're reaching out to people like you. Uh, it's good to know Chris is still listening to the show. What's up, Chris. And thanks for making your employees listen to that as well, because that explains, you know, that explains our uptick in numbers that week. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, year. I will say Chris, Chris's official title, according to his business card is director of customer care. That that's, it, uh, yeah. Because I did have, I did have, uh, hang on, I, I did have his business card sitting right here um, while we were talking about that, just randomly from what I unpacked from the national that was still sitting there. So, well, everything I could gather from the few short conversations I've had with him, it's a position he takes very seriously. And uh, 
I can tell firsthand from experience that that's what he wants to do moving forward. So, And that doesn't surprise me one bit. No. Um, look, we've known Chris for a long time, and he's always been a stand-up guy. He's always been a guy that, you know, tries as hard as he can to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I think had he been there at the time that all this went down, you know, with you, that I, I think nah. he would have had a very different outcome. Yes. At you know, at the time. Um, but right. I do give I do give Chris and PSA credit for, you know, reaching out and saying, Hey, look, this happened under previous management, previous but we still wanna, you know, we still wanna try to change things so mm-hmm. people don't wind up, you know, in the same situation that, that you were in and getting the same type of response that you know yeah. uh, that you got from them as well. I, and it was very important to me, especially back then, to just try to protect people and, you know, get the cold shoulder from Mr. Orlando was rough, you know. So, yeah. um, again, kudos to Mr. Carlin and thank you for taking the time. Yeah, he definitely, uh, you definitely weren't the only one that got that cold shoulder, shoulder from Mr. Orlando. Lots of people got that shoulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, but so John, I want to talk to you about because you mentioned it um, earlier. Denver card shows, um, you guys had your yeah. all cards weekend uh, a couple months ago, but you've got another show coming up this month and a couple more this year. Yep. Uh, they everything yep. seems to be getting a lot bigger. But uh, tell everybody a little bit about the uh, upcoming show. So um, our next show is August twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Here, in a couple of weeks, uh, we're looking at a little over one hundred and fifty tables right now. Um, so our monthly show is still just growing out of control, especially when we talk about our numbers from last year at this time. Uh, we have uh, Jerry Judy, Denver Bronco, awesome all-star coming out, signing autographs to the fans. And it's going to be a great weekend. Food trucks, trade night, everything you're looking for. I may. Uh, I actually came across a nice Jerry Judy card when I was looking through a box yesterday. I may send that out to you. Um, okay, I got try to have you say, yeah, have you get that signed. Um, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that, uh, later, but, um, absolutely. So you have that one coming up in August and then what, uh, do you have, you have September's and, and the rest of the schedule all set up as far yep. as dates? Um, uh, yep. For the rest of the year, we've got August, uh, 26th, 27th, October 29th and 30th, about well, 28th, 29th, October 28th, 29th. And then December 8th, 9th, and 10th, we're doing another all-cards weekend. So it'll be another big show that lasts in December. Nice. nice. Yeah, the all-cards yeah, weekend. There, there's some awesome I like the idea of having a big show like that in December because that's really, as someone who travels the shows for a living and does it a lot, that's really a... It, it's kind of looked at as a downtime when you look at card shows. And so I think, you know, having an all cards weekend, having a big show like that in December is a very good idea, especially, and I'll, I can attest to this from going to Collecticon and from going to a lot of other shows and seeing your show in particular, the Denver hobby community and the surrounding area that just that whole area is a very, strong community the collecting community there is massive and i think has been underserved for a long time and it's a group of people that are excited to have opportunities to go to shows yes yeah um i i had a very predominant buyer um you know one of the guys that goes around to the shows and 
you know, they pick out the top 10% of your case and want to pay you 50%. You know, one of these guys <laughs> that travels around a lot, he actually introduced me to somebody in the industry. As I, this is Mr. John Scanlon. He's the man that ruined Denver. And I stepped back and I was like, I ruined Denver. And he's like, yeah, I used to be able to come to Colorado and spend $2 million a year and had no competition. And now it's all organized and everybody's coming. So, uh, you know, I, wait, 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 wait a second. I I think I know who this is just based on, based on exactly those words. I know exactly Mm -hmm. who that, who that is. Yep. I'm not going to mention his name now. No. He's actually he's I, no, actually a cool. really great guy. Um, Amazing. I love him to death. Every time him and I interact, he makes sure to talk to my mom. Like, he's a great, yep. great guy. But I wear it like a badge of honor you that should. I'm ruined Colorado for him like that. Yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly who this is. Yep. Um, Very nice. Yeah. So... That, that look that that is a badge of honor you know for him yeah. to for him to say that to you um yeah so i i'm excited to i'm excited to see you know what you've got in store for next year you know yeah. one, obviously you've got you know three more shows year. this year um but i'm i'm really excited to see how you grow next year because i've got a feeling that you're going to need a bigger space <laughs> you know as yeah, uh, a as Roy, yep. yeah i was going to say as roy Scheider uh is fond of saying think we're going to need a bigger boat mm-hmm. um but yeah i think you're i think you're going to need a bigger space and i'm trying to think i know there's like an expo center uh that you know that's out there because i i went to a gun show back there in like 2014 mm-hmm. and it was a <laughs> yep. you know you could definitely fit a, Western, wasn't it? yeah um you could definitely fit a bigger show there uh assuming you know you can work out the cost aspect of it yeah. Oh, absolutely. yeah. I have, I have a feeling the, the, uh, only, the only problem I don't like about that place is they use um, they they use what we have in drier climates. It's called a swamp cooler, a evaporative cooler for cooling. Ooh. Doesn't yeah. do the job of an air conditioner in the summer, especially with a bunch of you know meaty boys walking around. So <laughs> we like we like the temperature control, and that's going to be real important. Yeah, well, especially feel, especially after what happened in Chicago with the uh, with that temperature. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling it's definitely going to outgrow the uh, Crown Plaza Convention Center, which, guys, if you are going or want to attend the Denver Card Show, that is where the next one will be in August at the Crown Plaza Convention Center. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it, it's amazing what you've done with the Denver community. It's great that you've ruined it for some people. <laughs> but, uh, but I really love, you know, also, and, and I really wanted to have you on to just have an update on you know, where everything stood with PSA, because that was a, for people to go back and listen to the original interview, that was a very strained relationship and rightfully so. Um, and yeah. it's, it's amazing to see, you know, that the, the efforts that they've made to put forth to make things right with you to, you know, assure you of everything being different and actually going to that length to prove it. And hopefully, uh, you know, uh, you guys can start to build a, a much more positive relationship in the hobby because, I mean, obviously that's what we all want. Yeah, and I I think the grading companies really want to come to Denver. Um, if you came to All Cards Weekend, the first thing that you saw walking in the door was SGC. They were one of our predominant sponsors. Yep. And I caught up with him at the end of Saturday, the end of our second day open, and um talked with brian the owner and you know i was like how, how are things holding up to you know what you were hoping for 
And he's like, man, we have exceeded expectations. So uh, we've got a very big ground of people. And like you said, this whole Denver, Colorado, Rocky Mountain region of collectors is really big and really getting some good representation now. No, I, I agree. It surprised me when we went to Collecticon. That was one what we had had it on our calendar as one of our possible slower shows, and boy, did it blow it out of the water, not only from the TCG side, but from the sports side as well. I think it was our busiest sports collector con we had. It's a you know amazing, amazing community out there. So love what you're yeah. building, man. Um, I think it's awesome. Can't wait to see a whole lot more of it. But if anyone is interested, uh, before we let you go, let them know how they get in touch with you and find out all that good information. Oh, you, you can find all of our information mostly on our Instagram at Denver Card Shows. Uh, we've got our website, denvercardshows.com. And we're Denver Card Shows on all the social platforms, up into including the new X and uh, what was the other one that came out recently? Threads. Yeah, we got us up on oh, Threads yeah. as well. Yes, we are. Threads. The Denver Card yeah. Shows is on Threads, guys. Awesome. So, yeah, we're, we're easy to get in touch with. Let us know what you need, and we're ready to roll. Awesome. awesome. Well, John, thanks for coming on with us again. Give us the update. It's always great having you here. You know, we'll have you, we'll have you back on uh, with us soon. And uh, wish you luck. anytime. Wish you luck at the uh, August 26th, 27th card show uh, coming up at the end of the month. Yes. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Absolutely. Have a good one, bud. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a great day. You too. You too. And that was Mr. John Scanlon with Denver Card Shows. Always love having John on. I like doing this live, man, to be quite honest. I like doing it live. It's, I know, I know. Uh, we had a little bit, little bit of feedback, which hopefully you'll be able to clean up for the time that it uh, uh, goes to the streaming yeah. services, you know, Spotify, iHeartMedia, and uh, iTunes. But, yes. uh, you know, those of you that are watching uh, the live video, you'll get a, uh, you know, you'll get the raw cut. So you'll yeah. hear, you know, you'll hear that. Um, but I love having John on. I love the fact that, you know, he comes on and he tells me, you know, when I saw him, he's like, did Drew tell you? you know, what happened after the interview. And he tells me the story <laughs> about, you know, uh, the conversation with Chris Carlin and things like that. And, and frankly, it doesn't surprise me knowing no. Chris, no. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at no. all because he, look, he is a solid stand-up guy. Always has been. Um, no, I said when they hired him on this show, I said it was one of their best hires they could have done. Like it, it, Chris yeah. Carlin, I, I'd, I would literally go to bat for that dude on having any job in this industry. There's very few people that are as kind hearted, and caring about the collector as Chris Carlin in this industry. So it does not blow my, like does not surprise me one bit that he wants to reach out and mend those relationships and that he made people listen to the show because that yeah. sounds like a Chris Carlin move guys sit down and listen to this. This shit isn't happening anymore. Like, no, exactly. And, and look, we, you know, part of the reason we do this show is, you know, not to, sit out and you know get our faces recognized or no. you know, voices in most cases you know be known it's to have a positive effect on the yes. hobby yep and this is one of those examples that it's like holy crap we by telling john's story and or letting him tell the story yeah you yeah. know and and putting it out there now all of a sudden psa is reaching out and saying hey mm-hmm. we we want to try to fix things as you know as best we can and work with you like it, set exactly up shows, work with you have a working relationship like from from something from that point i mean when we first had john on you could tell 
He's pretty much fed up and done with PSA. Like, I mean, yeah. and that's not something PSA wants from someone that's running a show in one of the bigger cities in the United States. Well, not only running a show, he's running the biggest show yes. in, you know, what is arguably the largest market in the mountain region, mm-hmm. uh, you yep. know, of, of the country. And, yeah. you know, it's not, you know, it's not like the guy who's, you know, going out there putting on a 30 table show for like six hours, one yeah. weekend a month or whatever. I mean, look, and no, no disrespect to those guys, because look, some of those shows are really good. But this is a this is a massive destination show, you know, yeah. for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he really has opened up that market to mm-hmm. people from the rest of the country. Yes. Um, and, it, and frankly, it wouldn't shock me if he has continued success like this. It wouldn't shock me to see the national start to look at Denver, uh, you know, as a potential future location. And obviously that wouldn't be 2028 at the earliest. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, if that happens, you know, we just know that John is the one who kind of laid the groundwork yes. for that being a possibility. But, yeah, it doesn't doesn't shock me at all that, you know, this was the outcome. And and I'm glad it is, because if nobody else has the same type of experience, you know, and granted, this was not PSA's fault. No, no, you know, no, 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 no. These were these were straight up fake slabs that, you know, that somebody had put together. And the issue with PSA was just in how they handled the response when he tried to reach out. Right. So if, you know, if this happens again, and I, I guarantee you that it will, because there are mm-hmm. fake PSA slabs that will continue to be out there, no matter how many, how many steps they take to not have that happen. Somebody reaches out to PSA who's been in a similar situation and they get a better response. That is a direct relationship to having John on the show, spreading his story, talking about mm-hmm. what happened. And then Chris, who's obviously a, a regular listener of the show, hearing it and saying, look, guys, this isn't this isn't good. This won't stand. Listen to this. I don't want anybody ever feeling that they have an experience like this with us. Yeah. Um, now, they're not going to be able to do anything about it from a financial standpoint because no. it look, they were straight up fakes. Yeah. You know, it's not like they misgraded a card or, you know, a card was trimmed and they gave it a grade and it shouldn't have been given a grade, you know, whether they've got their guarantee involved. But they still want people feeling comfortable working with the company. Yes. And yep. that's where this really comes into play. So mm-hmm. props to everybody involved with this one. Um, yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to give us a pat on the back because, you know, Hey, we did good. <laughs> we did good today. Yes, um, we did. You know, with, this is our, you know, it's the one well, time I mean, of the year. One thing I, I wanted to point out, and that's one thing I've always wanted to do with this platform. And it's not just talk about the hobby. It's not just to, it's not at all just to get a ton of plays and a ton of views and, you know, become, you know, big, big celebrities off of this. No, it's to talk about the hobby, educate people and also help people. And if we can help people and we can help the hobby in any way, shape or form, it's what I want to do with this platform. And so even if it helps one person, if it helps people in the future, whatever it may be, if we can help people, that's what I want to do with this show. And it's what we've wanted to do since day one with this show. Yeah, and it's a uh, look. It, it does kind of make you feel good that hey, one hundred percent. Some hey, some we had somebody on. They talked about it. Things are changing, and yeah. you know, now hopefully, you know, again in the in the theme of positive change within the hobby, maybe somebody from Tops or Panini is listening, and they <laughs> decide to start throwing in redemptions for autograph baseballs and autograph footballs in some product because yeah. uh, you know, like I said, positive positive change, innovation, yeah. uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff because that that's our goal. Speaking of tops, yeah, 
So we kind of teased it at the end of last show. So we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because we wanted to really focus on the national coverage. But one of the biggest products of the year came out during the national, and that is mm-hmm. 2023 Tops Chrome Baseball. Yeah. And holy crap, this product is loaded. <laughs> and you can and you can tell that it was loaded because when Wednesday came along on release day for the product before the show opened to the public, boxes were a hundred of hobby were $150. And by the mm-hmm. end of the day, they had incrementally gone up to about $210. Yeah. And the stuff that came out of this was absolutely nuts. Oh yeah. First so, run first run was stacked. And, th- and that's the thing. So I, I had two boxes. So I did a case and then I did one additional box. Uh, I had one box in the case that had a red wave and a gold right. wave that came wow. out of it. And look, it was JP Crawford was the red wave and Brendan Rogers was the gold wave. Okay. Not yeah. exactly the best, but the single box that I uh, wound up with had also a red wave and a gold wave in the right. same box. The gold wave was Josh Young from nice. Texas Rangers and the red wave was the other one of the other rookies from Texas as well, who I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, and it had the super short print Francisco Alvarez in there as well. Oh, very nice. Um, which immediately sold for like 300 bucks. <laughs> so that was the like, like the holy crap, the auto sucked in that one. But eh, what are you going to do? But this product, I'm going to tell you, this product is loaded. I am seeing the radiant rookie stuff pop left and right um we are seeing i i still have yet to see a and, and i haven't looked i know they're out there because people are out, like i have yet to see a frozen fractor like in person i thought for yeah. sure i would have seen i thought for sure i would have seen a couple of those at the national but i did not see them in person no nope. um yeah. and, and i also did not see a taco fractor in person although look i've seen pictures of both we know what both <laughs> look like we know we are laughing about the taco fractor because it is one yeah. of the ugliest things on the face of the planet. What I want to know, here's yeah. what I want to know. So the taco fractor, it's technically an insert. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a parallel. Yeah. But they did, it's a 200 card set. Mm-hmm. The base set for Topps Chrome is 220 cards. Yeah. Why didn't they just do the full 220 card set as the taco frack it's a very very good question i have no idea maybe taco tuesday so they left it at two well but it still would have been but it's still i know 220 so it's like you know you got two twos in there hey i'm speculating here who the hell why the hell would you make a taco fractor to begin with we could speculate a lot on these but um, well i don't know it's a very interesting question i will say this I have been told multiple times by uh, a couple of different Tops employees that they did announce that there's something extra that's coming along with these taco fractors. I was told multiple times that it is something really cool. I, I mean, these guys are at Tops are very excited about whatever is attached to this taco fractor. Of course, they're not telling you what it is yet, but it's making the sales go through the freaking roof as these things are selling for like six, 700 bucks a pop. I mean, they're they, despite being hideously ugly, whatever the, I mean, I guess a lot of people are betting on whatever that extra thing that comes along with it is. Well, I'm trying to figure out how they're going to do that extra thing because it's not like there's a scratch off code on the back. No, 
Nope. Regular um, chargeback. Yeah, there, there's there's nothing on it where you know it's not like a bounty. The, you know, like Upper Deck does the bounty program with uh, a couple of their products and things not like that. That's not there. It, I I I don't know. I mean, Chris Bryant popped out a video talking about something cool coming with it. And maybe, look, maybe it's something as, as simple as, you know, you can walk, you know, for like a year, you can walk in and show it at Taco Bell and get a free taco. Right. Yeah. Because we know, we know that Taco Bell does have an affiliation with Major League Baseball. Yeah. They do the, you know, swipe a bag, get a taco, mm-hmm. you know, promo during the World Series or the playoffs, something like that. Um, maybe it's something to do with that. I, I don't yeah. know. I'm hoping it's something better. Yes, me too. But I'm trying to figure out how they're going to pull it off without some sort of code to type in or anything like that, uh, you know, on the card. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you What do you think? I mean, let's guess. Let's you know. Let's let's play. Let's play. Guess the promotion. I think it's going to be something. I don't know how in the world they're going to do it. Uh, I don't want to go with the easy answer that everybody has of uh, free tacos for life or any of that stuff. I want it to be. Some type of fuck have tacos with whoever the blank is on the card. Maybe that's why 20 people, maybe 20 ball players said, screw it, I hate tacos. Maybe 20 people out of the 220 card checklist said, screw it, I hate tacos. I'm not eating them. But everyone else, you get it like, I don't know, you go to the ballpark, you get to eat some tacos with Chris Bryant or somebody. I don't know. Fucking so the, so I'm I'm leaning against that one only because it's a 200 card set i mean if it was like a if it was like a 20 card insert set yeah okay i could i could see something like that but at the same time are you gonna have to give up the card you know to to get in as part of it are they gonna have to mark it somehow maybe the player you know maybe the player autographs it and once it's signed they don't you know you don't get the promo anymore but i can't see that happening with a 200 card checklist me neither now i also can't see it happening because i can't see 20 people saying Hell no, we don't like tacos. <laughs> who yeah, doesn't like tacos? I agree. You know, yeah, this is 20. Like, who doesn't like tacos? No, I, I will agree with that. So overall, though, I think the I think the set looks great this year. Well, and I'll say yeah. one thing else. You said, you know, tons of hits coming out of everything. They did a yeah. great job with retail this year. I will say they cut down on configurations, at least so far. But everything I've opened has been phenomenal. Like, and, and everything that I've seen, I have not seen many boxes that are just total crap. There's actually, it does look like, and I, I have not run the numbers in any way, shape, or form. Someone else can do that for me. But if they ramped up production, you definitely can't tell. I had almost assumed that they decreased production on the retail side of uh, Topps Chrome this year. Yeah, and I haven't done much retail. Um, you know, I did the case at the National. I did the yeah. single box at the National. I did another hobby box at uh, when I was in Michigan uh, at the shops at MoCo. Shout out to Rex. He's got a great shop out there, and he's a yeah. fan of the show. I did snag one blaster while I was there as well. I didn't, you know, didn't really get anything huge. Yeah. I think I got a, I think I got an Acuna base, which I'm, you know, putting aside because, you know, obviously Acuna yeah. and Otani are the leading candidates for MVP. Just in case Acuna gets hurt, also put aside the Matt Olson stuff. Yeah. Because I'm thinking if it's not going to be Acuna, um, it's probably going to be Matt Olson. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who on the AL side it could possibly be. 
you know, aside from Otani, you know, yeah, again, no, he no. gets hurt. I think at this point they still give it to him anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's just, yeah, aside from that, it's like, okay, but you know, but again, at retail, we're talking about $35 for a blaster. Right. Which I think is still high. It is. No, for, it's high. Retail. It's high. You know, I, 25 would be better. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. but I'm also looking, you know, I did pop in since I got back a couple of days ago, I did, you know, pop into one Walmart, one target, just cause I had some returns that I had to do. Mm-hmm. And I did look at the shelves. I didn't see any. Yeah. No. I, um, I, yeah. So they're going, they're going quick, you know, if you can find them. So I think it's a, like I said, I think it's a solid product. The design, obviously we love the design from, you know, when series one was announced, so we knew that was going to be Chrome. I like the quality. I've got a stack of stuff that I have to go through for grading, you know, base and refractor rookies and things like that. Um, mainly because SGC has got the $9 special going on. Oh yeah. Um, so loving, loving that, you know, just overall, I just got a, you know, and the rookie class is stacked this year. Yes, it is. You know, the last yeah. two years, the rookie class has been underwhelming. Yeah. You know, no, it, it's jam packed this year. Yeah. Last year uh, with regular Chrome, you had Wander Franco and you had O'Neill Cruz. Uh, <laughs> this year, you know, there's like, 15 guys that you could chase mm-hmm. and and have a lot of fun with oh yeah and and have a lot of value with those guys so um you know i have all the from all the boxes that i've opened things like that i, I still have to go through those because i did not get a chance nice. to do that on vacation last week um so it, it's one of those like this is one of those products you know it's a gift that keeps on giving yeah you know, you've got a lot of the other stuff in there. You know, obviously the taco fractors we talked about, the, the radiating rookies just look amazing. They do. Um, they're hard as hell to hit, mainly because they only did 20 cards as opposed to the taco fractors where they did yeah. 200. Um, and then obviously we haven't talked about the frozen fractors. Well, we mentioned we mentioned it briefly. The frozen fractor, or sorry, let me rephrase that. The sub zero frozen fractor yeah. is, you know, numbered to negative something out of zero. So it's not a, yeah. you know, yeah. it's not numbered to like negative five. It's, you know, negative five out of zero, yeah. which is, which is a cool thing to, to do. I like what I've seen out of those. I think it's a good addition to the parallel. It makes things a little bit more fun than just mm-hmm. having the traditional serial numbered cards. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it would have been a lot more appropriate if tops Chrome was released in like January. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, I, yeah. 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 Wonder, yeah. You know, things like that. Yeah. But, July, a little interesting. Yeah. But I think it's a great, um, you know, I, I think it's a great addition this year. With, the, with how absurd serial numbers have gotten, it's gotten to the point where it almost feels like they used to do back in the day, one of 45,000. And that felt, uh, you know, special to people with as absurd as serial numbers got. I actually yeah. ended up liking the frozen fractor. When it first came out, I thought it was a stupid idea. The more I look at it, I, I actually like it. I, I yeah. think it's a good little idea. Innovative. Well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for them. Tops. <laughs> no, exactly. It's definitely innovative. Now, what I'd like to see is the absolute zero fracture. There you go. There you numbered, go. numbered to negative 273. <laughs> uh, Stop giving them ideas. Uh, no, well, hey, look, look. It's Look, we're talking about innovation on the show. No, I don't want to yeah. see another parallel numbered to... 270 something but if you're going to do another parallel make it limited these are numbered there's only five of them yeah or negative five yeah so do they really exist that's a very philosophical question yeah 
Um, Way are too really there? Are, they, are you just imagining? <laughs> you just imagining it in your hand? Is it really there? Right. Man? Yeah. You know, is it really real? there? But that would that you know I would look. I don't want to see high number, but if they're going to do something, you know, do it as a a very very limited parallel, and that's why I think the frozen fractor works. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I completely agree. I like the Frozen Fractor. I think it's great. I like the entire Topps Chrome release this year. I think they did a phenomenal job with it. I do not like that we still get Topps Chrome uh, Cosmic and all that craziness. But no. when we're talking about just the regular old flagship Topps Chrome, no matter how bad they try and saturate it with other parallels, I love this year's release. I thought they did a great job. And uh, oh, yeah. what the Taco Fractor mystery is, who knows? No, exactly. And the new new insert. I love this one. The ultraviolet. Yeah, no, those are amazing. Case hit those, inserts. I've got the Julio. Awesome. I've got an Acuna as well. Um, they remind me of the old uh, mid-90s cards where they have the, uh, it was like the pop-out card, yep. you know, where it had the big head and then the player popped out and everything. It reminds me a lot of uh, the, I, I believe they were upper deck in like the mid-90s, 96, 95, something like that. But really cool looking cards. Yeah, I do. I really like those this year. Um, you know, and then obviously you get the typical inserts, the, you know, future stars and 1988, you know, 35th anniversary, yeah. you know, refractors and things like that. But um, that was a good addition. Obviously, mm -hmm. the rating rookies, I think, was a great addition. They, you know, and then obviously the, you know, you got the short prints, the super short prints. Uh, which are ridiculously hard. Those super short prints, one in every 16,938 packs. Oh, and yeah. there's only five guys. They're all rookies. Yep. The short print is one in 497 in hobby. Uh, actually, both of those uh, are both of those are hobby only, by the way. Yeah. Um, and it looks like you've got 20 guys. Some are rookies. Some are not. Yeah. It's um, yeah. You got Acuna, Trout, Guerrero Jr., Judge. Bryce Harper as the non-rookies. Oh, and Juan Soto as well. And then mm -hmm. the rest are all rookies. Autographs are autographs. I don't like that they knocked it down to one autograph per box in Hobby and three in Jumbo. No. Um, we, we talked about that a few weeks ago. No, exactly. I don't like that at all. But No. Yeah. No, I do like the, the new Tops and Technicolor insert as well. All the new stuff in the inserts and everything, and I will say the Future Stars looks phenomenal. It almost looks like a color blast this year. Um, yep. The, the, or Future Watch, excuse me. Um, the Future no, Watch no. insert. F future Stars. No, you're right. Yeah, okay, whatever. Future Watch is, future watch yeah. is uh, SP Authentic Hockey. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, Future Stars I think looks beautiful. It does have that color blast look that's really cool. Um, I thought they did a great job on everything. The, the product overall is very, very nice. And like I said, I haven't run the numbers, but retail feels a little more toned down. Um, I, there, there's a lot of nice stuff in it. But yeah, the short print stuff, the variations, the SSP inserts, all that new stuff, phenomenal. Like, I, it, it's a great release. And, uh, you know, when you release something the week of the national, it better be good. And, you know, we had the, the catastrophe with the Vlad rookie year where they had all the miscuts and everything. Um, and that know. only but here's the thing that I that was only a massive screw up because everybody was taking them and bringing them straight over to Beckett, straight over to yeah. GSA for yeah. grading, you know, at the national because it I was know. released. Tops but I'm was saying, like, released at the national. Right, so, but I'm saying like if you put something out at the national, it better be awesome. Like you, oh, you, you exactly. gotta, you have to come through. And I, I would say they did one hell of a job with Top Chrome this year. 
yeah, no, I would agree. All right. Well, uh, I think that's probably a good time to wrap up. What do you yeah. think, my man? Yeah, I know. First time we're uh, releasing raw video. Yeah, they raw video. Well. Um, it's excited for the next couple of weeks and, you know, stuff. We'll, uh, you know, when we don't have a guest on, we will actually be just streaming it live. Yes, um, yes, we will be doing it live uh, during the day for anyone that wants to watch it on YouTube when we don't have a guest, just to not put the guests under any time pressure, just in case something comes up or things like that. And you really don't want to look at us look stupid live for 15 minutes while we kill time about bullshit. Yep. Um, you know, we're going to keep those to record it. But um, every other episode, when we don't have a guest, you will get to see me and Scott live, which is just terrifying. But no, yeah, I know. That's a, <laughs> that's a crazy. We, with if you see uh, previous shows outtakes, you'd understand why I say that. But oh, exactly. <laughs> so, but I encourage you. I encourage everybody to go to you know watch the live you know yes. feed the the video and compare it to the stream. You know, Spotify, iTunes, and iHeartMedia streams. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and you can you can see or listen to what was edited out, what wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Drew does all the editing on these, so you know you you can see his skill uh, as <laughs> as an audio editor uh, for that. And there you go. You know that used to be my job back in the radio days, and yeah. I have just fallen so far behind the technology. Um, he changes often. But I know. Yeah. I know. We, we used to we used to splice reel to reel together using a razor blade and tape. Yeah, no, not anymore. <laughs> that, that's not yeah. how I do it. <laughs> no, no, no. Then Pro, then Pro Tools came out. We were using Pro right. Tools. Yeah. The, uh, uh, you know, nowadays there's like 50 different programs that you can use oh, to, yeah. to cut it, and it all, you know, it all sounds good. And I just have not kept up with any of it. I don't blame you. All right, y'all. Well, that is going to do it for episode 194 of Let Me Get That Potograph. We are ramping up and nearing 200 on episode 200. You know we're going to have a very special show for y'all. But uh, before I, we go, I do want to thank our awesome sponsors. Of course, John from Denver Card Shows, and thanks for coming on today. But Denver Card Shows, Show Your Slab, Slab Strong, Stand Up Displays, Card Ladder, Treasure Hunter, Sport Time, uh, Treasure Hunter Sports Cards, Game Time Sports Cards, and, of course, Zion Cases with the new Mag Pros coming out soon that you can check out on the video version if you're listening to the audio. We have a beautiful demonstration at the beginning of this episode on the Mag Pros. Scott showed off some amazing ones, so uh, shout out to Zion as well. Also, guys, make sure to check out this week's episode of Hobby Hotline and every single Hobby Hotline. But this week I will be on Hobby Hotline with a couple of amazing guests. Um, Saturdays at 11 a.m. on Bench Clear Media or the Hobby Hotline YouTubes. And, of course, uh, some big news. Letter Rip is coming back. We will be doing Letter Rip here in the next couple of weeks. Just uh, got the confirmation and everything set up. Told you guys we had a couple of, uh, about a month and a half, two months off due to a couple of different things. But that is getting back up and running. So new episodes of Letter Rip will be coming soon as well. But uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Until next week, guys, you know the deal. Keep ripping those packs, pulling those hits. We'll talk to you then. Peace.